Welcome to VR Hermits, a podcast about virtual reality development. I'm Dave Ramsey. And I'm Joe Simpson. How's it going, Dave? Doing really good, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for this uh, impromptu call. This is not Sunday afternoon when we normally record VR Hermits. This is, in fact, Wednesday afternoon. Just Mid-week a couple of days. Update. Yeah. Um, but I've been... I've been doing a lot of thinking the last couple of days and thinking through some changes to my business and wanted to basically talk to a couple of different people, but one of those people is definitely you. And I wanted to kind of have this conversation on the record because it involves my, the VR portion of my business. Um, and I wanted to kind of strike while the iron's hot and try to get all this out in the open or at least out of my head. Um, as, as soon as possible. So thank you for agreeing to an extra episode this week. Okay. Just to get a little bit of heads up, or at least for everybody else, so this is primarily going to be a non-technical episode? Pretty much, yeah. This will mostly be about my business and um, just some of the changes that I want to make that definitely involve VR development in a big way, but uh, nothing particularly technical. Like no, 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 none of our regular problem solving or talk about why we're stuck or how we're stuck or what we're working on. Okay. I'm fine with that answer. I just wanted to make sure everybody else was. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So maybe I'll mark this as the non-canonical episode. Um, <laughs> you've, you've just been dying to do that, haven't you? <laughs> pretty much. Anyway, I guess a, a quick um, update that doesn't have anything to do with this topic is I did get the rest of the podcast backlog uploaded to YouTube. So we are all, all of our episodes are current there and I'll be publishing on YouTube as well as our uh, regular RSS feed if you care to consume the podcast on YouTube instead of a podcast player. So that's all available now. I don't know if it, that's helpful, but uh, it's it was relatively easy. It is and, a thing uh, that people do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these podcasts today. Back in my day, we had RSS feeds. <laughs> you still have RSS feeds, Joe. Yeah, I know. You just don't Everybody. write RSS. Everybody just wants to hide them. Yes. All right. So this is kind of a big topic or a series of topics. Um, and feel free to interrupt with questions and comments, concerns, just kind of be Dave, the uh, friend slash consultant along the way. Um, Because a lot of this, I haven't really spent a lot of time clarifying my thinking on this, but I have some pretty pretty, pretty big changes to the way I want to do my business from now on. Um, So I guess to start out, that comes from, I've been, basically I've had one foot out the door the entire time we've been doing this podcast and the entire time I've been working in Unity or Unreal Engine. Um, and what I mean by one foot out the door is I've continued to maintain a FileMaker consulting business as my primary income while I try to get up to speed in VR development, game development, game design, Unity, just all of the above. Um, mm-hmm. And this... FileMaker is not really where I want to spend the rest of my career. Um, I guess it's not the worst thing, but it's just not really what I want to be doing long term. And I have, you know, as I started to run low on cash at the end of last year, I kind of rustled up some more FileMaker business and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. And every time I do that, that's more time I'm spending away from VR development. And basically, I'm I'm continuing to build up an experience and expertise in an environment in an industry that I just don't intend to stick with. Um, so, you know, one of the big changes that I made at the beginning of the year, like I'm not going to take on any new customers. I'm going to handle the customers I have and maybe do some subcontracting or partnerships with other developers. And that's been okay, but it's been a lot of extra work. Um, just kind of like, managing all the communication and I have a lot I have a little bit less control over pricing and scheduling and things like that under that type of workflow um, something that's been going on recently is I've been working with not really working with but 
I was about to work with a, a local IT company, uh, some friends of mine, on a large FileMaker solution. Um, and that would have been, and I should say, this may still happen. I'm, everything that I'm going to talk about today is assuming that this project isn't going to happen. Could I, everything I've been told so far seems to indicate that it's not going to happen. I did give them until the end of business Friday to make it happen. If they can kind of turn things around. Other than that, I basically said, I'm not going to be able to do the project. So we do have about two days left in that time frame where that project could still happen under some variation. They've, they've already turned, the, the client has already turned down our initial quote and we met the other day to talk about some alternatives, some, you know, kind of reduced scale projects, um, changing the payment plan, things like that. But uh, didn't really want to compromise on price because of the nature of the software, the nature of the customer. And frankly, it's just, it's a fair quote. Like, it's not overpriced in the least. Um, so I guess take everything I'm about to say with that, this, this project may still happen. And at which point I'll have to drastically reconsider all of my drastic reconsiderations. Mm -hmm. So assuming that that project doesn't happen, um, which is, I think is 99% the case at this point, then I need to rustle up some money as quickly as possible. And I don't really want to go and do more FileMaker work. I don't want to start sending out emails, looking for subcontracting jobs. I don't want to take on new customers. Um, I just, I just don't want to go down that road because I feel like I'm always just going to be spinning my wheels in Unity development when I have something else to fall back on. So what I want to do instead is basically turn myself into a freelance Unity developer slash VR developer slash consultant as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, and this is something that you and I have talked a little bit about and we even talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like obviously I need to build up some kind of portfolio to show people what I can do. Uh, and that's a big part of the plan I've been working on the last couple of days. Um, but I was thinking, I guess the reason why I've been doing all this thinking this week is I've done kind of a, a an input fast. I do every once in a while, whenever I start to feel overwhelmed, I just kind of turn everything off. Like I don't read anything. I don't listen to any podcasts or watch anything or play any games. I just kind of sit around and think for a couple of days. And that's what I've been doing the last three days. And it's good for me to do that from time to time because I have a tendency to forget that I'm a smart person. <laughs> um, me too, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I've got, you know, I'm 35 years old. I've only realized that I was an intelligent person for about the last eight years. And I still have this tendency to fall back into this really um, self-deprecating and just kind of inconfident person of like, I'm just too stupid to get by in this world. And, you know, that's kind of like, that's kind of how I went through most of my life. And it's not a healthy place to be. And it's not an accurate description of me. I am actually a pretty intelligent person. And the skills that I have are learning rapidly, solving problems thinking like doing actual deep thinking which is what my customers pay me for now most of the like the file maker development is incidental they're paying me to solve their problems um so i'm trying to think of like how how can i turn those things into skills that i can leverage in the vr industry well obviously consulting makes the most sense they're consulting freelancing whatever you want to call it um it's hard for me to build myself as an expert but at the same time, I am an expert thinker, I'm a deep thinker, and I can pretty much solve anything that I think the VR industry can throw at me from a, you know, from this side of the development cycle, from the, those people using Unity, not those people making Unity or making the VR SDKs. I'm not claiming to have that kind of expertise, but I think one of the biggest problems with my lack of progress so far is working on my own projects I've just become too undisciplined that way. 
And this is something that we talked about on Massively Unqualified a couple of times of like, when it, we can gain the most experience by solving other people's problems, but when is it too early to start doing that? And I think I'm well past the point where it's too early. I, I think I should have been doing that for a couple of months now, instead of just like creating and failing to solve my own problems. Like with the VR movement thing, like I, I can basically never ship anything that way. Um, I'm just not gonna get the experience that I need by just working on my own projects. So a big part of the theme of VR Hermit so far has been the fact that Joe wants to start a products-based company. And I think that's still my ultimate goal, but that goal is going on the back burner for now. And right now I'm gonna focus on not dying, <laughs> first and foremost. So doing just enough freelance work to keep not dying on a regular basis. Um, so I don't need to make a huge successful consulting company. I'm not going to hire a team of developers and designers. I'm not going to build that kind of company, but right. I am going to do what I have to do to maybe do some freelance work on some of those various freelancing websites, um, talk to as many other developers as possible, um, and just try to try to get the experience that I need to be able to make things on my own. So... I've got a lot more to say, but before I go on, um, what do you think so far? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, conceptually, I'm not opposed. Um, I mean, I was never really opposed previously, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, I am concerned about the ability to turn that into a viable business quickly enough. Yeah. I mean, granted, I, I already know you have a exceptionally reasonable lifestyle and you're really good at spending under your income. Mm -hmm. So that lowers the bar hugely. You know, you don't have three kids in private school and, you know, two dogs and two car payments. You don't even own a car. Um, so all of that makes it much easier to achieve those goals. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it'll be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be... Basically, I have... My business has about two months worth of operating expenses left until it just runs out. And I basically just need to start bringing some cash into those accounts to keep it going. And about every, I don't want to get into the numbers too much, but every four grand or so is another month. Um, it's actually a little bit less than that, but that's kind of rounding up for the, the case of security. But just looking at... At the times where I did FileMaker Consulting full time, I can make, you know, twenty five or thirty grand a month. If I can't make five grand a month doing Unity freelancing and consulting, then I'm in trouble. Like maybe this just isn't a viable industry for me at all. Um, but I think I can get there pretty quickly. It's not going to happen overnight, and it may be, it may take me six months to get up to the point where I need to be. But I've got some backup plans to make that possible i mean i've i'm not a fan of debt i've never been in or i haven't been in debt in years i used to be in a lot of debt and that was a really horrible place to be um but that was all personal debt that was credit card debt that was things that i defaulted on in a, a previous iteration of joe um so i've always avoided debt in my business but i'm not against cr creating some debt uh, for the sake of leverage for this type of project um, and I don't think it would be hard for me based on my last couple of years of income. And I don't think it would be hard for me to get the money that I need to keep going. That's a last ditch effort. And I do still, as much as I want to step away from the FileMaker thing, that is always a viable thing. I think I'm a couple of phone calls away from getting sub subcontracting at any time. Yeah. Um, so I want to... I want to forget that that's an option right up until the point where that is the only option left. Um, I'm almost 
I'm almost considering like if it really becomes necessary, just getting a part-time job outside of technology entirely. Like there's a local bookshop that's always hiring. There's a coffee shop that's always hiring. Just something else where I can keep the lights on that has nothing to do with sitting in front of a computer all day. Um, that may be a better idea for me at this point than trying to do more FileMaker work. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you that from previous experience, a job that is not um, mentally taxing or straining in any way is actually really good for thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at least for a while. I don't know that I'd want to do it for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, before I got into software development and family development, I was a cook for several years. I was a kitchen manager at a local restaurant and I didn't make very much money, but I had like 100% of my thinking time for myself. And during those three years is when I read pretty deeply of philosophy and history and kind of turned myself from the low confidence, self-loathing loser that I used to be into the you know, the modern person who is able to take on software development as a viable career option. So I, I'm familiar with that, like going back to, I don't know if cooking would be my first choice. Right. <laughs> Just because of, but, uh, you know, going back to those types of jobs may not be the worst thing for me for a while. Um, but like I said, these are all worst case scenarios that I don't sure. even have to think about until the end of May. Um, so with that in mind, how about we talk about what I am planning to do and kind of get your feedback okay. on that stuff. So like I mentioned, I'm a smart person, but I need to be reminded of that from time to time. Um, usually I have a way of reminding myself by doing that kind of a input fast that I mentioned of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird phenomenon where I can kind of get carried away by the number, the number of things on my to-do list and the number of things I want to learn and, you know, the hobbies that I'm cultivating. Um, I can pretty easily allow myself to get to a point where I'm not doing a whole lot of my own thinking, um, where I'm just kind of responding to things. And when I'm doing that and then I'm combine that with being stuck on something like that VR movement problem, it's pretty easy for me to fall back into this low confidence position of like, I I just suck too much at this. Like, I'm just not good enough to do this. Like, there's no way I can learn C-sharp development. There's no way I can learn Unity. And that's just, that's total BS. Um, As soon as I step away from that world for a day, like my default hobbies are enough to convince me that I'm a smart person. Like I return to philosophy right away. Like, Stupid people don't return to philosophy in their downtime. <laughs> so it helps to remind myself that I'm not a stupid person. I'm not the stupid person that I sometimes still think I am in my head. Um, and then, like I said, the you know my skills are really learning rapidly, solving problems, and thinking for other people. So with the aim of turning myself into a VR developer slash Unity developer, and that's something I wanted to mention, I'm going to focus everything that I do along the VR and AR spectrum, but I have no qualms about just doing other work in Unity, whether it's a 2D or 3D app or a game or more of a productivity thing or pretty much anything. At this point, if it's in Unity, I'll do it. If it's... In Unreal Engine, I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) If it's in WebVR, I'll definitely do it. Things like that. Um, I I think you'd be in a much better position now to go back to Unreal and pick it up. Yeah. Like the, the language, the terminology, the way of thinking about problems and things like that, I think would go much more smoothly for you or I now. Just starting from zero was a little rough. Unreal Engine makes a lot of sense in, in many, many ways. It's the, I mean, the last time that I tried it in December, there was just weird rendering issues in the, the latest version oh. for the VR camera rigs. And it's yeah. like I posted 
some stuff on the forum, never got any feedback. Dozens of people have posted on that same thread having the same issues. No one from Epic has ever responded to that. As far as I, like, I haven't tried in the last couple of weeks, but as far as I know, that issue is still there. Like, I don't know if it's, if it actually happens when you build an app and deploy it, but developing it is basically like putting a fuzzy lens over everything. It's just like it, something is severely wrong. And it was literally just like update on Real Engine from, I think it was like maybe 4.17 to 4.18, something like that. One of those, it was just an update that just like broke all VR functionality for rendering. It's like, this is not viable. <laughs> um, but in terms of workflow, yeah, I don't think it would be, I don't know, it's probably not ideal to try to do both right now. I think Unity um, is a better fit for me and a better fit for consulting. Um, and I, don't know, I just feel like everybody in the VR, like all the big players in the VR, tend to support Unity first in Unreal Engine as soon as they have time. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I don't know, it seems like a really good place to stay. So I'm gonna keep focusing on those skills. A lot of the things I wanna do are directly in Unity or um, even doing like web VR things, but doing them in Unity and using the uh, WebGL export process, things like that. So what I what do I want to do? What do I have to do? Um, first, I need to build a portfolio. And I guess first is not, maybe not the right term. I need to kind of do all of this at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I need to have something publicly available to show people both the outcome of my work and the work itself. So I need to have you know, Unity projects that people can download and take a look at how I structured the project, how I did the code, you know, what kind of assets I'm using, things like that. But I also need to have a place where people can download builds and try it in VR and see if, if what I made is fun, if it's, you know, good enough. Um, so I need to start building a portfolio of both developer things and, and products, and those would be the same thing. Um, so, I think I'm going to start with the bowling game I've been playing around with this week. Bowling just seemed like a fun game mechanic to play around with. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of that. I posted some screenshots and YouTube videos the other day. And uh, I don't think this is at all a product that I want to make, but it's just a fun, familiar type of thing to play with that I think anybody can just pick up and play. Um, but I just, you know, I've got tons of different ideas of how to kind of play with the physics and use kind of wonky game mechanics and just do some pretty cool stuff there that I think would be a good portfolio piece. Another thing would be, and I'm kind of shaping these portfolio items into different technologies as well. So I want to do that one with the Steam VR camera rig and just kind of build everything and code myself using like Unity primitives, not really using a whole lot of external assets, maybe some Pro Builder stuff but i want the the code that people can download or the project that they can download to involve like nothing other than steam vr like if i use pro builder to make something i'll do it in a separate project and save the mesh out so it just comes in as a mesh i don't want people to have to install a bunch of plugins to right audit my work um i also like the idea of maybe a gravity wizard demo of just kind of what we talked about on episode 33 of vr hermits of giving the VR player a couple of you know, maybe magic wands of some sort to control gravity in different ways. Um, I'm not sure if that's a game. Maybe it's just some really cool stuff to play around with. Um, but uh, I think that would be kind of a fun thing. And I want to do that one with the uh, Steam VR interaction system and kind of use the, the same uh, mechanics that Valve used with the longbow example where I forget what, exactly what they're called, like item item packages or something like that, where you basically interact with one of those and they replace your controllers, basically become your hands while you're interacting with them. So having different types of wands um, that the you know gravity wizard can interact with and just doing some pretty neat and different things with those. Um, then uh, 
I think the bowling game is definitely first. That's what I'm going to start working on right away. I still have some a lot of thinking to do about the rest of these. Um, so the bowling game with the camera prefab, the Gravity Wizards with the Steam VR interaction system, I want to do something in Daydream. And I think that may just be like a maybe an audio visualization tool. So maybe, I don't know if I can access play music on the on the device, but if not, maybe just ship with some some stock media music. It would be great if people could select their own music and build a scene that reacts to the music, um, just basically like a screensaver in your face, things like that. Um, the one I'm most excited about is a Windows Mixed Reality app um, built in Unity, but with the Windows Mixed Reality toolkit that Microsoft released. And I want to build a productivity something. And uh, I think that something is just going to be a really basic to-do list that has the functionality that I want in a to-do list, but in a room as opposed to a list in an application. So I want... I want my someday maybe bucket to be a bucket. I want to throw <laughs> ideas into the bucket. Um, I want to be able to organize things with my hands and you know, basically drag and drop to the extreme. Mm -hmm. um, and then ideally I'd want a way for that data to be available in a 2D format, whether that's just a, another Windows app or maybe I do this entire thing as a web app. It probably won't be a, you know, a shipping product, but a good proof of concept, something that I can use and show off and people can, you know, make a to-do list and maybe export it or something. And uh, then the other idea is a web VR something. And that could be a series of, you know, web comics like we talked about, or I could combine that with the Windows Mixed Reality project, make the entire productivity app in web technology, make the interaction stuff in web VR, and then make that entire web VR app into a UWP app using the techniques that I learned last week. So I could kind of go for two at the same time there. So those are my portfolio ideas. Uh, I've got a bunch of other ones, you know, a growing list of game ideas. But really, I wanted to spend time getting as many things out there as possible. Um, so some of these could just be like things I work on for a day or two and publish a download link to. Some of them could be things I work on for weeks at a time. Some of them could turn into projects later on. But for the time being, I'm just I'm more interested in just getting stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Stuff that is fun to play with, demonstrates how awesome VR is, demonstrates that I know what I'm doing, and you know, is professional enough on the back end to say, hey, this guy should write code for us, or this guy should make an app for us. Okay. In the in the short term, that strikes me as a lot of portfolio pieces. Yes. I'm, I'm really just going to go to work on one of them right away. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I started my business, I had no work that I could hold up as exclusively my own because I'd worked as a team in various capacities on almost every project that I'd worked on prior to that point. So the first thing I did was just whip up a small thing that was tiny and complete that I could pull out at a meeting and show to somebody and say, see, I can actually write code. Mm -hmm. um, it was clean, but honestly, nobody ever really wanted to look at my code. Yeah. It was more a question of, can you do it? And to a large extent, once you can get, like there are, there are meetings that you will be able to get if you have a Windows media headset or, or mixed reality headset portfolio piece. But there are other meetings that you can get where you will be talking about VR and they'll go, let's talk about Windows Mixed Reality. Mm -hmm. You're just, yeah, I've worked with it. And the things that you have to keep in mind are these four primary characteristics that are slightly different from other kinds of VR and, or mobile mm -hmm. stuff and whatever. And you just move right past it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, think... once you've had two or three even small contracts 
those are the things that you talk about. Yeah, exactly. Not your portfolio pieces. Yeah. So I think the bowling game is going to be front and center or the bowling mini game. What I'm envisioning is like five or six different types of bowling, basically, like a regular plain old vanilla bowling and then just like other weird variations of it. Um, And not, you know, sitting there bowling an entire game, but, you know, like just, you know, playing with the physics, bowling in a tube, playing with the gravity bowling with bouncy balls bowling with a bazooka all kind of stuff like i think there's a lot of fun there that could be had as just a demo project mm-hmm. um to keep it moving you could say every time you clear a frame the rules change <laughs> yeah i even thought of like the bazooka bowling thing where <laughs> the uh imagine a sine wave controlling just a an up and down um just like a like a gauge mm-hmm. on the bazooka, and that's how how much velocity it gets when you shoot. So, just wherever that little object is, is how how powerful the shot is. So you, but it's moving quite fast. So you gotta like time it. No, just right. What you gotta do is pick up that input from the microphone. <laughs> so the pitch at which you are humming when you fire controls how the ball moves. Nice. <laughs> sorry nice so so that's kind of the portfolio ideas i i really do you know i kind of agree like having lots of these ideas to work on is fun I, I think having one will be necessary and then getting some work and using that work as part of the portfolio is probably more how it will go over the long term um which is why i haven't really thought out any of them besides the bowling mini game right um so I want to talk about skills development. So I've kind of lumped these into two sets of core skills and secondary skills. So core skills are things that I need to get as close as possible to master level really, really quickly. I need to become a really good C-sharp coder like a month ago. Um, And I need to become a pretty fluent Unity developer in the sense of just knowing all of the Unity workflows, figuring out the gotchas, when to use a feature, when not to use a feature, when to fall back on a third-party asset, when not to, things like that. Like I, I need to know not just how to pop stuff into a scene and attach a script, but you know how to use Cinemachine and the animation tools and learn a lot more about lighting and post-processing, those types of things. So C-sharp, Unity development, and marketing and self-promotion, which is some skills that I'm just not that great at, but I need to get good at if I'm going to do pretty much anything in the VR industry. Like, I need to do a better job of getting the podcast out there. I need to do a better job of letting people know that I exist and can solve their problems. And if I ever want to have a product-based company, I need to get better at marketing anyway. Um and getting better includes being able to hire somebody to do that eventually as well. So Mm. it's not just about cultivating the skills, but I don't want to hire somebody to do something that I don't understand. Just like I wouldn't hire an accountant without knowing a little bit about finances. Yeah. So those are the three core skills. Um, Obviously the way that I can get the best at those is by doing stuff. There's a little bit of, I can learn by doing some of the coursework as well, but I, I'll i make more progress doing doing and learning. So a lot of those portfolio pieces, I want to really leverage like different coding techniques aside from like just attach another script to an object and move on. Like I want to see, learn some more things in Unity and really leverage as much of that as possible. And then some of the other portfolio pieces could turn into just examples of a specific Unity workflow. So th- something I spent an afternoon on, like here's how I wanted to learn about Cinema Machine. So I made a scene with Gaia and now it's really beautiful and pretty. And now I want to just make a three minute video of you know four different camera angles with some maybe some AI animals or flowing rivers, things like that. I learn how learn that kind of workflow. 
So some of those little portfolio pieces or demos could just be a result of me spending a day or two or more in various Unity workflows. That would be an interesting way of thinking of it as all of the learning activities have as their output effectively a piece of marketing of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like whether it's, hey guys, I found this neat thing. Uh, Here's how I did it, which educational stuff can also be helpful Mm -hmm. for that kind of purpose because other developers will see it and like it or spread it around or things like that. Yeah. And that's, that's something I need to do in the self-promotion category is I need to start blogging again and really start blogging those demos and examples as I build them, kind of do a developer blog and a more technical blog. Um, but in a more professional sense than I've done previously, like I am an idiot developer. I don't know anything. He's not <laughs> knowing anything today. Like, I need to kind of turn that around and do it the other way. I'm like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a smart person who knows these things. Look what I know. Have you? Um, I, I know you habitually unsubscribe from any subscription mailing thing. Have you um, caught any of the mailings from the guy who did the VR college? Uh, yes, I get. I do. I just stay on his list, okay. Jason's. Yeah. yeah, that's a great list. It is definitely all, all those little stories. I've never. There's an ad at the bottom, but I've never felt like they were there for marketing. Yeah. There was just somebody sharing interesting information with me. Yeah, his his list and uh, not in the VR industry, but uh, Jonathan Stark's mailing list mm-hmm. are both really helpful. Jonathan Stark's list is much more about running a business and consulting. Um, doesn't really have anything to do with any specific technology or any specific business type in general but he's just really good at running a business and teaching other people how to do that so i think those two lists and the ray winterlick ones are the only ones that i still am on in any form so so we talked about core skills uh so the core skills being c-sharp coding unity development and self-promotion um marketing and self-promotion so i want to start blogging again i want to Part of that blogging, I want to do a more technical development blog, but I also thought about doing a second blog, and this could be on the same website, just maybe different RSS feeds, but I thought about doing an aggregator blog as well. So I consume a tremendous amount of media, and one of my skills is being able to consume a ton of content and kind of, I hate to say this word, but synergizing the data. Much as, as much as I hate that word, it's the correct word. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm really good at like picking, putting the pieces together from a bunch of different sources. And that's how I got really good at FileMaker development in such a short period of time is I was just all over the place, trying different things, reading different ideas, listening to different podcasts. So I thought about doing a, not like cultivating a blog for the sake of the blog, but uh, just making a link sharing blog or an ag- aggregator of what is Joe reading, listening to, watching about VR? So basically every time I read an article, hit a button, it gets posted to that, share all the YouTube videos, the VR podcast or Unity podcast out there. Um, as, you know, just kind of a way of like, I guess on the one hand, keeping myself accountable that I'm not overdoing it with that stuff, mm-hmm. but also making sure that other people can find the good stuff. Like I find a couple of aggregators helpful on Twitter. So just trying to provide the same type of thing for other people. Yeah. Well, I've mentioned a couple of times that your Twitter feed has a ton of cool stuff in it. Like it's just, it's a constant stream of the best stuff I've seen around. Yeah. And most of it is not for me. It's just what I'm happen to be reading Mm -hmm. like that. So maybe that, just stays on my Twitter feed or maybe I make a second Twitter account so I can keep my Twitter feed for more Joe and radical app dev stuff. Um, Or use the Twitter feed as a feeder to the link site. Yeah. Yeah. So something I'll probably be able to set up and automate most of um, just using a couple 
of like conditional recipes. So that's the core skill stuff. There's obviously a lot to do there. The secondary skills, um, these are on the list of things that I need to get better at and cultivate, but I'll, but not at the expense of core skills, which is, I've definitely been guilty of spending too much time on these things um, to the detriment of C-sharp and Unity development. So these items are 3D modeling, uh, working with images, basically just for textures and for UVs, working with sound and music and video creation. So these are all things that I want to do, and I think they all tie into my VR business in varying degrees. But almost everything that I can do now, I can get 3D modeling and textures on the asset store or all over the internet. Um, anything that I'm going to do as a subcontractor could involve working with an artist as needed. So I don't really need to... I, I really shouldn't be spending a lot of time working in 3D modeling right now. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be making my own textures. And I definitely need to step back from like trying to make my own music and sound effects. <laughs> um, Unless you're going to use the Dave sound effects. Yes, I definitely am. So those are almost like the, the secondary skills category are almost a to don't list. Like, <laughs> these are great things to do later yeah Get, solve the cash flow issue first so after or not after but uh kind of in conjunction with the portfolio process i want to get one of those things done so get you know maybe spend a week or so on the bowling project and then there are a couple of developers that i want to tap um and just see if one of them will give me or sell me an hour or two of their time for basically an interview, a developer assessment, not to hire me to work at their company, but basically to go through the same process of like, take a look at my, my demo and help me understand what I don't know and what I need to learn from that. Mm -hmm. And just kind of help me understand where I am in terms of skills development in this market. Because um, I'm definitely at that point where I just don't know. I don't know where I am. Like I've talked to several other Unity developers at the co-working space and how to put this diplomatically, everybody seems to be kind of making it up as they go along. Um, there are varying degrees of expertise, but whenever I ask somebody a question, I, I've been to software development long enough to know when somebody is just kind of making it up as they go. Mm -hmm. as opposed to drawing from a deep wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't, haven't been able to get a good sense of where I am in relation to other developers. So I think that developer assessment is going to be a pretty crucial thing um, to just kind of putting me in my place and developing some confidence and kind of informing what I need to learn and really focus on. So all of this, pretty much everything we've talked about so far needs to happen within the next couple of weeks. And then while I'm doing that, I need to start finding other opportunities to fix the cash flow issue. And that could be working with other local developers here, um, going to other VR meetups, other tech meetups, trying to meet people, um, just finding the opportunities. Uh, that could also turn into checking out the freelance websites, you know, the whole online gig economy, um, trying to find some of that stuff. Also, I think Unity's got a, kind of a job board type thing. Um, so maybe trying to get a presence there. And then, uh, you know, the, then we get into the last resort category of FileMaker subcontracting or get a job, things like that. So, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, I think we touched on the main things that I wanted to kind of get out of my head into your head. <laughs> Thanks. Into the podcast head. Um, something that you've undoubtedly thought about, but I wanted to verbalize is literally from like today is then kind of changing the way you introduce yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I am Joe Simpson. I am a contract Unity and VR developer. Yeah. The fact that I, you have actually, not previously had a contract is irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, I even had something in my notes that um, I really need to stop thinking of myself as stop thinking of myself as like a a student of this and you know i'm a i'm a full-time vr developer this is what i do as opposed to yeah i mean you know learning a lot of the stuff on the side check it out like no i need to stop thinking that way it's not it's not even uh, you know somebody goes well do you have a portfolio and it's not even well i'm just getting started it's well this is a new business for me and i'm mm-hmm. working on putting together the portfolio pieces that i can share with the public yeah <laughs> Which is totally different from, no, I don't actually have any portfolio pieces. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, there's a, there's a line between presenting yourself as the thing that you are building and bald face lying. Yeah, and absolutely. avoid the second one, but you can still be the first one. Yeah, and... This kind of goes along with the fake it till you make it thing. But if I if I get myself into a contract where I'm over my head, that customer is going to benefit immensely. <laughs> because I have a tendency to always deliver on what I sell people. Uh-huh. And you know, I've I've done that in a number of projects. I'm like, sure this is over my pay grade or past my skills, but I'm going to gain the skills for this project and you're going to end up with something far better than what you thought you were going to get. And I've done that in my own company as, as well as a previous employers of like, you know, especially at my first FileMaker job, there were several projects of like, I don't know if we can do this, but we're going to try and Joe's going to be the developer and we'll see. And like lots of, uh, you know, kind of warnings to the customer like this may not go the way you want and every one of those projects ended up extraordinarily well and because i'm willing to put in the time to gain the expertise like when i've got a specific objective and i can form constraints around that objective that's the type of environment i can thrive in and (laughs) and i've been i've spent the last year in the opposite environment (laughs) of like i have no constraints i'm just gonna learn everything and (laughs) It just, it doesn't work out that well for me. Well, it doesn't help that everything is a humongous problem in knowledge space. Yeah. I mean, like I, I can solve those. I can close those gaps pretty quickly. Like if, if I were able to come up with a game idea, tell you the game idea and then wipe my memory of it. And then you make me do that. I'd have these things done by now. <laughs> But it's that, I, I don't know, I just, I, I get stuck on something on my own and there's just not that external expectation to finish it. Like nobody's relying on me to do it. Um, as opposed to when somebody is relying on me or when, particularly the way that I've always done my consulting company is people pay me up front. So I'm on the hook for that money. Right. I've already taken the money and I'm on the, I'm on the hook for it. And so I, I'd better deliver. And you know, this goes back to the Joe that studied philosophy for a lot of years. As a result of that, I've developed a certain level of integrity where I don't want to be the type of person who doesn't live up to my to what I tell people. So mm-hmm. I always try to exceed that. And maybe that sounds a little bit arrogant or self-conceited, but that's just that's the kind of person that I would rather be rather than someone who doesn't deliver or apologizes. Yeah, I don't I don't know about arrogant. It's a it's a model for living. Mm-hmm. It's just one model. Yeah. Um it's the model that I prefer. Yeah. Um, there are people out there who prefer other models. Yeah, and, um, and it's an ideal. It's not something I can always live up to, but it's something that I strive to live up to. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I guess that's most of what I wanted to talk about. Um, I guess in terms of like getting demos out there and publishing, obviously I'm going to be focusing mostly around Steam VR, but I wanted to touch on Daydream and Windows Mixed Reality as well. Um, and then I thought about I need to look into the specifics, but I thought about any of those like packaged builds 
um, see if I can publish them on itch.io under a free or pay what you want model if anybody wants to support me in that stuff. Um, as, as opposed to like trying to publish a completed project under Steam, itch.io is much more of a indie friendly experimental store um, rather than like junking up Steam with like, here's a half hour demo that nobody asked for. <laughs> yeah. So I guess all in all, what do you think about my midlife crisis of 2018? Mid developer crisis. Uh, sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work mm -hmm. and even now all of those projects are functionally self-defined. And so you're going to have to continue to watch for kind of feature creep. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I would, I would very specifically spec out exactly what you want to do for version 0.1 of your bowling game. Mm -hmm. Because we've already talked about, you know, three, four, five, maybe half a dozen different little tricks. And yeah. you're, you're, yeah, you're going to want to bound that. I think a combination of specking it out in advance, as well as giving my, myself uh, a hard limit on hours. Like mm -hmm. you could spend 25 hours on this thing and that's it. Yep. Okay. After that, you're publishing it. So kind of a combination of those two things would probably help me get that shipped. And yeah. I think that's one of the most crucial things that I'm lacking so far in this in this space is just, I've never shipped anything. Nothing is out there. Right. I've done a ton of, I've started half of many projects and <laughs> they're all just sitting dead in the folder. I need to get something out there. Even if it's just a tech demo of like, wow, that was really stupid. You shouldn't have made that. That's still better than what I've got now. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta publish in whatever form mm -hmm. it's got to get out there. Yep. Um, the, it is probably the most common trap that I have seen from 20 years floating around the periphery of game development is a tendency towards putting together a cool little thing and then losing interest in it and moving on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. that's the trap that gets probably 99% of people who could do game development. Yeah. Is the inability to actually finish a thing and release it. Um, and I, I don't think I'm off by that 99. I may have missed a 9. Like, it may be 99. There's a lot of people who download Unity, run a tutorial, start playing on a thing, and then just kind of work on a second thing or spin off in some other direction. Mm -hmm. um, what was the real artist's ship? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Joe needs to ship. And not get bogged down in everything else. The 3D modeling, the... Yeah. I'm going to make 360 videos. I'm going to start working <laughs> with Magic Leap. I'm going to start AR. I'm going to start AI development. How many different VR headsets can I support? Step one, mm -hmm. support one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think support, I think targeting SteamVR is the best because with pretty, with very little work, you just kind of by default support all of them, mm -hmm. um, which may not be the most graceful way to support Oculus with the touch controllers, but yeah, that's later. Getting something on the, getting something on the Steam that says, you know, HTC Vive supports parentheses windows mr and oculus at your own risk <laughs> seems to be how it's going right now so yeah that's that's my big uh topic of the day my big uh impromptu podcast and my new master plan 
So I know it sounds pretty disorganized right now and it kind of is, but I think having this conversation helped me flush out some of the stuff I need to spend more time thinking about. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, I just need to get this podcast out there and get a blog up and running and just kind of make people aware of me because mm -hmm. I'm a pretty smart person and people should know about me. And then uh, see what I can do to help other people in this space as I go. I think that's what I've been lacking so far. Everything has been kind of internally motivated. So I haven't really been doing anything for anybody else. And uh, that is kind of ho that's holding me back in a big way. This is weird. My, my own selfishness has been my downfall. <laughs> um, now that I've considered it a little further, you were talking about your, your primary learning objectives. Mm -hmm. And one of them was becoming really, really good at C sharp. Mm -hmm. And I would consider shifting that one down to maybe a 1.5 or a category two. Mm hmm. Because almost everything that I've seen so far is like, unless you're doing tools development, so far I haven't seen a lot that required really advanced C sharp to be able to move forward. Okay. I think you're going to gain a lot more from being able to use the Unity tools. Yeah. Than you will for being able to write really good C-sharp code. Now, being able to write really good C-sharp code might get you into other contracts that are not game development, but that's not what you're interested in. Yeah. Well, um, no, I'm, for the record, I'm definitely interested in all the other contracts that aren't game development. Okay. That, that as long as they're doing things in Unity slash VR, I'm totally open for and excited about the VR experiences market. Um, doing stuff in just other industries that have nothing to do with games. Gotcha. I think I could get a ton of experience that way. Like okay. I would love to, this will probably turn into one of my portfolio pieces sometime, but I would love to do a bunch of historical recreations. I am a huge history nerd. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast, mm -hmm. but I've read way too many books over the last 10 years about Greek and Roman history. Um, really interested in Persian history and I just want to go to some of those places in VR. And, I've, you know, there's been a couple of VR tour apps and I've seen how impactful they can be. Like I was just in uh, Machu Picchu last night. I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. But I was there in VR and then I saw a picture of it today. I'm like, I I've been there. Like it wasn't that I had been there in VR. I'm like that's some place that I've been now. I have a, a memory of being there, even though it was still just Joe in a headset in his office. And I want to make that type of thing. Um, that's probably going to be the toughest thing to build a company off of because it's there's just never been a ton of money in those types of educational things. And that money tends to be spent less than wisely, in my mm -hmm. experience. Some Some people would rather spend millions of dollars on grant money on a single thing than a little bit of money on a highly skilled developer. I've just, I found that out the hard way from my other consulting business. Like, yep, I've uh, lost contracts to huge developers who haven't delivered on what they said they were going to two years later. Yeah. I know developers who can work well within the educational space. Mm -hmm. It's, it's one of those particularly tough ones because of the weirdness of the way the budget cycles work yeah. and things like that. Then again, technically I had some success in the educational market in a couple of spots. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. The, it's an uphill battle at this point. It's not, it's not on the top of my list for that reason, but being able to, you know, I would love to recreate Cicero's villa or one of his many villas, I should say. Um, just some some of the less popular scenes from history, yeah. But you know, well known in literature, or also make you know recreate some imaginary scenes from you know famous novels and things like that. I think would be really cool. I mean, there are tons of really great stuff out there that's in the public domain that I could, you know, stuff that's written in the 18th or 19th century that is very familiar 
to basically a nerdy audience uh-huh. um, that I could recreate in VR. And not entire worlds, but you know, a sliver of that world could be a lot of fun. Yeah, in the short term, you're likely to only be able to get that stuff if you can find somebody else who's already got the contract mm-hmm. and yeah. join their team and help on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the the one thing that I noticed, if nothing else, on the big educational products projects like that is either you are making them long before you're going to get paid for them because you have to have the finished product to be able to sell it. Yeah. Or you are you have a long sales cycle at the beginning to get the money to pay for it and you don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Um, All of this is someday maybe stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so like I said right now it's focusing on getting some freelance work and or I don't even care if I have to get a job in the VR industry. That would be fine as well. Um, I'd only want to do that with somebody that's fine with the fact that it may be a temporary job. Like if you want to hire me for a couple of years, that's great. But uh, obviously, if they're going to do that, they'd want to know that Joe's still running a company on the side. <laughs> I think. I mean, maybe I've maybe I meet the right team. It's like, nope, I'm just going to work here for the rest of my life. You never know. Yeah. Well, and the to the best of my knowledge, the game development industry at large is very transient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that just uh-huh. from the dozen or so people I follow on Twitter that seem to just kind of do a project with a team and then do another project with another team. Yeah, it seems to be almost as though all game developers are contractors, whether they know it or not. Yeah. Um, And you come in, you work on a project, and then very likely when the project is over, you're gone. Um, So I wouldn't worry about that side of it so much. Like, that's a conversation you can have once you're 80% of the way through an interview process. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I also know in general, most of the game developers that I've heard of almost every single one of them is working on their own game on the side. Yeah. Which I kind of am, but more of just working on a business on the side at this point. Well, but the way you characterize that is I'm working on a game on the side. (laughs) I'm working on history on the side. Well, sure. Well, then you're working on an experience on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's always, I mean, that, that's just, that's kind of, it seems to be the way the industry goes. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was an opportunity that I had, gosh, 20 years ago. It was like two months after I'd started my own business. I had basically one customer, one and a half customers. And I was talking to a guy that I knew from college who was working for a, small educational games publisher mm-hmm. that was cash rich. Basically they, they made small like shareware sorts of things, you know, a 15 or $20 game and they're shipping out floppy disks, but they had three people on staff whose entire job was sitting down there, taking in orders, processing orders and shipping out packages. Wow. Three full-time people shipping these things out. This was, again, it's 20 years ago. Like, there wasn't a lot of internet distribution and things like that. And they offered me a job. Um, just for knowing coding in general. And I was going to have to pick up the particular platform. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that has always seen that as the path not traveled. Yeah. It's it's one of two or three major points in my life where I made a decision that who knows what would have happened if I'd gone the other path. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've got a few of those. Some of them I kick myself over. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah. Well, don't make this one of them. Yeah. Go work definitely. on a bowling game. Cool. Any last words of wisdom before we uh, 
hang up this impromptu special edition of VR Hermits? Wisdom is a very strong word for anything that I might impart. Um, <laughs> I I am generally so like I personally am resistant to debt. Yeah. I also have a built-in resistance to the concept of starting over. Um, I don't seem to have that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean like starting over on a different game, but like starting over on a different life. Yeah, um, even that. Maybe we'll do another episode about that someday. But I've had a lot of starting over yeah. in the last 10 years. Um, and I don't, I don't mean this to push either of those perspectives, but merely to filter any of the things that I said through that. Like, there are people who would be like, no, just go get yourself a large credit card and start going. And yeah. other people who would never shift. I will shift, but it's one of the things that I constantly struggle against is my tendency to stay where I am if where I am is not catastrophically horrible. So, uh, filter all of my advice through that in my weighting of various priorities for you. Okay. That's good enough. Cool. So I'm going to go work on a bowling demo. I'm going to get a blog up and running to start talking about that bowling demo and anything else I do. And then uh, get back to work as a full-time VR developer slash contractor. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There'll be a link to my website in the show notes. <laughs> if you'd like to hire Joe for any of your Unity development services. No, I think you should rephrase that. You would like to hire Joe for your <laughs> Unity development services. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for taking the time, Dave. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Well, that's our show for today. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm VRHermit underscore Dave. And I'm VRHermit underscore Joe. Thank you for listening. 